Pod. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob, and I cast a spell on you. I'm Jen, and I guess I can also cast some spells sometimes if I feel like it. I cast a deadly spell. I'm David. <laughs> I cast magic missile at the darkness. <laughs> okay, sorry. And we I'm done. and yes, this week we are all spellbound by episode thirty-two of Transformers Rescue Bots. Uh, this first aired March twenty-second, twenty fourteen, and uh, written by show favorite Margaret Scott. Yay! This is a really creepy episode, and I don't know that it's appropriate for small children. <laughs> This episode is upsettingly creepy. It's uh, it's very much like, um, I mean, it's got those real Invasion of the Body Snatchers vibes. Uh, but there's also a bit of that uh, old Batman the Animated Series two-parter, uh, Heart of Steel. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, like, Commissioner Gordon gets replaced by, like, a creepily emotionless robot. Oh, so many great, like, references to things in that episode. And I was just at the right age to appreciate references to other things. Yes. And uh, but we open on a we open on a very low stakes sort of pastoral note. We are in Blossom Vale, which is a particularly picturesque section of Griffin Rock that is, you know, very unspoiled. Very pretty and very flowery. Isn't that the name of a pony? Probably. This is entirely possible. Although, it, it, with that one, I would assume it would be V-E-I-L, not V-A-L-E. Hmm. There's definitely a blossom, like a G1 pony. Oh. Yes. Yeah, you know, everybody's sort of hanging around, you know, Blades is uh, using the a waterfall's water slide... He's he having attempting so much to skip fun. boulders. <laughs> yes. But not Boulder, uh, Boulder, who is painting. Yes. Yes. And, of course, uh, Chase is really just noticing that, uh, you know, there's 82% less litter here than everywhere else. <laughs> yes. Yes, Cade and, uh, Cade and Heatwave are competing with skipping rocks, and uh, it's it's going about as well as you would expect. Also, yes. they apparently can't do anything without it becoming a competition, which seems right. That that pretty much tracks for those two. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Graham says that you know what you know we we almost uh, they almost made you know bulldoze this whole place to make a housing development. It's a good thing they didn't do that. But oh, there's a problem now. Uh, Lassie's coming. He's told us that Timmy's fallen down the old well. <gasps> oh, no. Or specifically, uh, Kathy has uh, fallen into the old Hawkins well. It's a super dangerous well. It's just, like, barely boarded over. You would think that it would be better than that. How often do we see safe wells? Have you ever seen a safe well? Well, no. I've never seen a well. Well, actually, I have seen a well. If it's, I've, I've absolutely seen wells as someone who has lived in places not served by city water networks. Uh, oh. but generally you do not, you, you are not aware of safe wells because they do not need to come up in conversation. They're just there. They're functioning. You don't need Ooh. to hear about them. 
they're underground. <laughs> they're generally covered yes. with like a concrete lid and they just they're just there. They work. Sometimes the pump might go out. Yeah, but not this one. <gasps> no, and, this and is an old we well. Note that the, and we know that the Kathy is uh we were alerted to the loss of Kathy by uh previous uh episode villain Priscilla Pinch. Uh, snooty rich girl. So now you definitely know that something sketchy is going on. Yes. Actually, at, at so this they, point... She's a child! She can't be evil! At this point, my notes just say, it's a fucking doll, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, we're, I, we're, we're sending our love down the well, Jen. Yes! My, my note was, oh, it's a robot. But I, was I mean, wrong. that's fair. I mean, it's kind of a, a talking doll could be considered a very basic robot. No. <laughs> so anyway, there, there's a whole perilous rescue sequence where first they try and lower Cody down, but then the, the well starts collapsing. So instead, they have to arduously dig a gigantic hole next to the well. They get it out, and indeed, Kathy is a a talking doll, a limited edition talking doll and oh, when, when they started digging this hole next to a well on an island I expected it to start filling full of water and us to, this entire episode to be an oak island nonsense <laughs> the mortal peril in this case is uh, Cody being lowered down the well because it's too small for the adults and this is perilous yes. so we, mm. you have to get that mortal peril so you can start the episode So they, they rescue the doll, but not only is it just a doll, nobody mentioned that, uh, it's also dirty, so she doesn't want it anymore, because it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it no longer has a resale value. So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can press charges for this. Well, this is where we're introduced to her mother, uh, Madeline Pinch, uh, voiced by Stacey Darrow, who does not have a lot of voice or acting credits, mm. but she's a makeup artist. Uh-huh. And uh, as you would expect, she is filthy rich and also a total sociopath because she's, oh, you know, don't worry about, uh, you know, this. I'll, I'll reimburse you for it. She, uh, and she keeps call- does she keep calling him, uh, she's calling him by his first name. I guess they probably went to like oh. high school together. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. It seems like, well, like he would have been like maybe a decade older or so but mm. she's just probably somebody who uses she is one of those people who when you're working like retail or something will just read your name off the tag so she can just call you by your mm. real your name as a like obnoxious uh, power thing yeah maybe well i like your robots how much <laughs> gets out her checkbook yeah and and no, absolutely not. You you cannot buy these robots. Get get the f out of here. Also, before we get because, to that, in the course of uh, digging into the well, I did notice that 
Chase also used his big toy accessory. Yes, we're using those toy yeah. accessories. Because I had mentioned before that only Heatwave seemed to use his, but this time Heatwave and Chase both got them out. Yeah. So very important, get your toy accessories in there. Buy these toys. <laughs> Boulder used it in one episode, and somebody else uses it. Well, there's a close-up oh, yeah. of somebody else using a third tool in this episode. I don't yeah. really see who does it. And uh, and meanwhile, the discarded Kathy is taken by Blades, who and it, it, it tells him that they, it loves him, so he keeps it. <laughs> Aww. It's pretty adorable. It's like, I love you. And he goes, Aww. And then later, the chief thanks, uh, or later, Chase thanks the chief for not selling us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, the chief's like, oh, Yeah, that's that's not something that, you know, I, I would do ever. <laughs> Just please trust that that's not a thing that you ever have to worry about because that would be messed up. Yes. Let us sidestep selling sentient life forms. There's other creepy shit in this episode to come. Yep. So cut to that now. So, uh, the chief and Cody are going for ice cream. Uh, and you know, even, even a Choco atomic blast can't, uh, quite soothe the burn that Cody has from the pinches just dropping in and acting like they own the whole island. Because they are terrible rich people. Yes. Rich people are bad. As we learn in this episode, the moral children That's right. is rich people are bad. Well, she, she can't be evil. It's not like her character design looks like Mrs. Dr. Girlfriend. <laughs> oh my god, it does. Oh man. Well, yeah, she's got yeah. a very similar 50s aesthetic going on. Yes. Yeah, she, she looks like evil Jackie Kennedy. Mm. Yes. Yes. So he, uh, you know, there's a there's a mysterious gold cell phone lying on a bench. It rings, and the chief, in what is a huge mistake, answers it because he thinks, oh, well, you know, I'll find whoever owns this lost phone. Uh, but instead, he is immediately brainwashed. Which and I it, would, like, I would like, to, <laughs> I would like to point out, it is general. Infosec good practice to not just randomly carry around lost cell phones that you found because that's how you get tracked and eavesdropped on. Uh, also, apparently, how you get brainwashed. Well, I mean, he is like a police officer, so he's probably going to take this to like the station lost and found. Yeah, yeah, so it makes sense that he would pick it up being a police officer, but that he picks it up and that a cell phone transmits this brainwashing. Zombification things like isn't that a plot point in a recent DC comic? And it's like the anti-life equation via phone. Well, then again, I should, uh, I'm asking a Marvel zombie. So yeah, I was actually thinking of the Stephen King movies or the Stephen King novel Cell. I'm actually thinking oh. of the uh, the last season of uh, the Marvel Runaways uh, TV series. <laughs> Oh, I, I Which, think there's a oh, the, J-horror movie that does that, too, or at least one. Is it One you Missed saw, Call? Something you like saw that. that, didn't you, Rob? Didn't you watch that? Yes, because I did. You, you warned me about the large amount of cleavage involved. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know if it was so much of a warning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Elizabeth Hurley is in it playing uh, Morgan Le Fay, and she's wearing a fairly comics-accurate costume. Yes. Meaning yes, cleavage. she is. That, that woman's taking pretty good care of herself. But uh but spoilers for that series, uh she 
releases some magical cell phones onto the world that uh, hypnotize people in not quite the same fashion, but not too dissimilar. Uh, but I really like their aesthetic. So I would so, absolutely have a phone that's got like a Raven logo on the back. <laughs> Zombifying cell phones is, is a trope that's growing. It's not as annoying as last episode's you die in the game, you die in real life. It hasn't been used enough yet to be that bad. <laughs> I love you die in the game, you die for real. <laughs> but it, it is nonetheless a cliche in a degree. But the way it's used in this episode is good and creepy. Now I have to look up, I guess I should have looked up last episode what movie that was like the actual title. Oh, I guess that was Stay Alive. Uh, stay Alive. You brought that up. That, yes. That was literally the tagline for, that was like, this is terrible and hilarious. Yes, 2006 is Stay Alive. I remember that line was all over the ads. I didn't wow, even remember the name of the movie. Jeez. I just remembered that terrible, terrible tagline, that extremely Ooh. cringy tagline. I, I certainly remember it more than anything else about the movie. Apparently, it starred Frankie Muniz from Malcolm <gasps> in the Middle. What? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Okay. And also, uh, the guy who played uh, the guy who played Bunk on The Wire, and nobody else I know. <laughs> they should. You you remember how there was that period when uh, what was it the that Tom Cruise movie about being in a video game and having your save reloaded constantly. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Which, That's a good movie. Yes, it wasn't actually a video game. And it was just released... using that uh, like rebooting thing that Isekai nonsense. But it wasn't. Yeah, actually a video game. But it, that exactly what it made me think of when I would be like playing, for instance, Skyrim yeah. or Fallout Four. And I would die mm-hmm. and go back to my old save and go through with that knowledge. And I was would sort of think of think about that from like you know a character perspective of like I know this because I went through this before. Uh, so that's why I always associate. It was, but there was based that- upon a manga and. Is it based upon a book before that? But it was definitely a manga. But there was that point when it was coming out on home video, which I call home video because I'm extremely old. They didn't actually change the title, but they put the tagline on it so prominently that everyone thought they changed the the title. title. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And that's what the, if you die in the game, you die for real makes me think of because I can't, I couldn't remember (laughs) the actual movie itself, but I remember that tagline. Live, die, repeat. So, yeah. yeah, which is a better so, yeah, title than the title it had, although it wasn't. And the manga title was something different, too. All you need is kill. Yeah, which is yes. dumb, but at least that's a memorable uh, title that I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> live, die, repeat is, is better. Yeah, so, so yeah, the chief instantly becomes very brusque and unemotional, and he just, he drops his uh, ice cream, which was Chase's first clue that something was uh, wrong. Littering. Yeah, that's... Yes. He's littering. It's not okay. It's not right. I'm gonna let up on Chase being a narc for this episode. So, yeah, so he, he is now evacuating Blossom Vale due to sulfur contamination. And Chase is very... He's trying to keep everybody calm by saying, you know, do not be alarmed by the imminent danger. Everybody just flees <laughs> in terror. They're all okay up until then, and then they flee in terror. 
Yes, do, do not be disturbed about the danger. Please take these lovely and decent throw pillows as you leave. Or zucchinis. The, they are zucchinis. And also the chief finds a giant duffel bag full of these evil cell phones. Yes. Yeah, so they, they get back to the firehouse. Um, you know, the chief goes to bed because I, I am tired. I must go to bed. It's very creepy. Yes, it's it's unsettling. And it's all the creepy because this is a kid's show, and this is, you know, a very unsettling thing to have to happen to one's dad. Yes. <laughs> to the dad. It's, it's not yes. okay. This is, well, and I then wonder he... if, like, in the, f- if, like, I don't know, maybe by now, like, ten years in the future, you're going to have kids who remember this episode the way that I remember, like... Dark Awakening, or there's no place like Springfield. <laughs> oh, probably. Well, it, it well, it's not as creepy as no place like Springfield, but but it's really nothing dark. is it's as dark. creepy. As there's no place like Springfield. And when your friends melt in front of you, yeah, that that tends to leave a mark. Anyway, yeah, this sorry. Thing, this is an unusually unsettling episode. Hmm. Yes. Because yeah, the, the and then the chief very coldly uses these cell, more of these cell phones to infect Cade and Graham, who also become these emotionless zombies. Yes. Also, there's a point where the rescue bots are discussing this like sulfur contamination, and one of them points out that sulfur is not harmful to them. And well, yes, well, Blade says, well, just Blade knowing it's there makes <laughs> yes. But yes, Blade, Blade says, well, just knowing it's there makes me hurt a little inside. Because <laughs> he's a good boy. He's best boy. So, yeah, the, so the three of them head out with their bots. Uh, Danny and Blades are still out. And then there, you know, there's, there's a there's a car fire and none of them respond to the call because, you know, they've, they've got to prioritize because the mission is the priority and the priority is the mission. Yes. And the project is the priority. Oh, the project. Yes, project. Yes. Pro- yes. Heatwave wants to be on a very cool and important mission, though, so he's willing to go along with it for now. But he's concerned. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't like when Cade tells him. When the chief tells him, it's like, eh, okay. Listen, I, I work for Optimus Prime, so I'm very used to, you know, stern but paternal authority figures. So I'm going to go along with you this time. <laughs> yes. If he makes, like, a big speech uh, at the end of the episode, I'm done for. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. He's just committed. Uh, So, yeah, and and so there's a call about this fire. None of them are even responding to say they can't make it. So, basically, they have uh, Cody and Danny have to go with Blades, even though Blades and Danny are both very tired from being, helping, you you know, stopping loiterers all night. Yes. Oh, I thought they said unruly lawyers. Oh, no, unruly <laughs> loiterers, which makes okay. you wonder, how many unruly loiterers are there in this town? Well, they, one of the, I think Blades comments that Chase would have really enjoyed it. Oh, sure. That guy loves passing loiterers. Yes. So uh, they get there, this, uh... This car has crashed into a building. Both of them are on fire now, and the scoop claw. It, I mean, you know, Blades is not meant to fight fires. They have a whole fire truck for that. Yes, this is why it is perhaps a bad idea to have a community in which there is only one firefighter. 
Yeah. Well, this, I mean, this wouldn't have been a problem if nobody had been brainwashed. Well, I guess, but there might be other things causing your single firefighter and his single fire truck to be, like, Wait. otherwise occupied. Like other this fires. Wait, wasn't last season, wasn't there, like, push buttons somewhere around town that would just put out fire or some weird thing? I can't remember. Like, somebody just broke. walked up to a building and put it, was it, maybe it wasn't put out a fire, but it was something like that. Hmm. But uh, Blades has his scoop claw filling it with water, but his scoop claw is feeling inadequate, he says. <laughs> yes. Because it is not, it's not doing the job. And Blades wishes that his knuckles could spray water like, uh, <laughs> like heat waves or, or no, he actually doesn't because that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually they do manage to put this thing out with a fire hydrant. Yes, they they open up a fire hydrant and then Blades uses his rotors to spray it onto the building. And then he mm. says that he pwned the fire, which I assume yes. uh, he is something he learned last episode where he was in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, Cody taught him not to use all those other words he learned in the video game. Yes. Uh, one of my uh one of my favorite terrible terrible character names I saw running around World of Warcraft was Corn Pone. Uh, Spelled uh, P W N. <laughs> like I'm from the South. Jokes about Corn Pone are hilarious. And meanwhile the bots are at Blossomville just wrecking up the place. Yes. Yeah. And and then finally they say, trees. okay, you know, listen, what is going on? And uh, their answer is to get out more cell phones, and so they they work on the bots, even though they're robots. And yeah. Madeline Pinch does not know that these robots are sapient. Yeah, yeah they do, uh, that's... wibbly wobbly. Yeah. Works That's on sentient life forms, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, mean, I guess yeah. because if it didn't work on them, the episode would be over right here. Well, yes. Yeah, kind I mean, of. Like, you know, maybe... We're just going to lock you inside Chase until we figure <laughs> out what's going on. Maybe she's actually got a supplier who's secretly working for Mech, and Mech no. knows. <laughs> yeah, these but are they Mech didn't phones. Tell, they didn't tell her, but they were mm. like, yeah, these will totally work. Make sure they give them to their... Uh, quote, robots, too. Yeah. Yeah, I this think, will also uh, override their programming. Hint, yes. uh, wink, wink. <laughs> Why do you say wink, wink out loud? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Can I talk to Clancy Brown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little pushing it there, but okay. We're not going to question it. The show wouldn't work otherwise. The plot would not work otherwise. So yeah, so now the bots are fully under the cell phone's control. They've dug a a massive hole in Blossomvale, and they're rolling a giant boulder laced with gold out of it, or at least laced with a golden substance that is, spoilers, gold. Oh shit, it is Oak Island! (laughs) It's, yeah, it's, it's clearly just veined with gold. Oh, there's gold in them thar veil. Although it seems a weird way to mine gold by just rolling out boulders with seams of gold in it. Yeah, yeah, mining does not work that way. Good night. 
Yeah, no. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. At least not with gold. I imagine something, but yeah. gold tends to, like, pool more because <laughs> it's mm. melty. Uh, they're easier to melt. Anyway. So anyway, so the, so the, the, the three unaffected ones get there and they figured out that something freaky is going on. And so, uh, you know, the doc is, or, uh, the chief is all, okay, well, we'll, we'll explain everything. Get this, listen into this cell phone. And then Cody slaps it away. They have made a lot of progress on this. They've got like a big old quarry hole dug in the ground at this point. So they, they have torn up this Oh yeah, it's a a huge crater. Oh yeah. Making a lot of, lot of progress. Yeah, so, so Cody is, you know, we're just gonna get out of here. So he, he gets into, so the, he and Danny get into Blades, but unfortunately Graham has already planted a phone inside Blades. And then Danny is affected by her headset. So now they're zombies. So now it is Cody against his entire family. And it, it is very creepy. Yeah. Only Cody remains. Well, well, he's, he thinks he's still got the rest of the town. So he calls up Doc Green. And even though Doc Green, judging by his tone on this uh, call, is obviously hypnotized, he's all, yes, yes meet us at the town hall. It will be so fine. He gets to Nothing town hall. Is Frankie's, wrong. you know. Yes, yeah. everything is fine. And at, at this point, you know, he get yeah he gets to City Hall. Doc Green is hypnotized. Frankie is hypnotized. The mayor is hypnotized. That John Hodgman looking guy with the helipack is hypnotized. <laughs> Everybody's hypnotized. The mayor. They do that z- that like multi shot zoom in on the mayor. <laughs> that's so <laughs> creepy. He's just like very menacing out a window. <laughs> He's just. Yeah, it's I very think, menacing. I think it would have been more menacing if he didn't have his piece on. <laughs> he was just bald. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and at, the, at this point, I, I expected, you know, Cody to just go full on Kevin McCarthy. They're here already! You're next! <laughs> and, and then there's like, like a dog with, uh, with Huxley Prescott's face for some reason. <laughs> no. Oh. And everybody's making that horrible, like, noise. Ah! Oh, I can't no. do that. It hurts. Nobody can make that noise. No, it's not hmm. a people oh, noise. I can make close to it. But... Uh, gotta, gotta do a Body Snatchers rewatch. I, uh, I haven't seen any of those in ages. I think the last one I saw was that one from the 90s that I think has Forrest Whitaker in it. Oh, I think I missed that one. That's one it's, of those things that they, that's a, it's about time for a remake because most of them are good and you could do that again. Well, remember they, they made a remake of it with, um, Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman and it was terrible. Oh, oh, that, maybe that's the one I missed. They just called it The Invasion and it's just so boring. Yeah. That's pretty bad when you, when you make that boring. It should not be yes. boring. I mean, I guess it's, you know, it, it's very, you know, it's the, it's the 2000s. We can't have things be exciting or anything because that would be cheesy. So we can't even have body snatchers in the title. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just the invasion. Everything yeah. is just extremely serious. I guess you mm. would. Uh, invasion of the body snatchers is kind of a cheesy title. You want to change it a little bit? Uh, well, the 90s one is just body snatchers. Yeah, I'm not sure that kind of looks better, but I don't know. You call it pod people. But people is ooh even cheesier. 
Unless you mess with the font. Trumpy, so like, you do stupid things. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Cody is just fleeing from the entire townspeople. He has to go into, like, the sewers. And, of course, it's Frankie who spots him in a, uh, what I would call the Pennywise shot. <laughs> yes. He's just peeking up. Except this time, he is not the threat. Please, let me float down here. Let me float. Mm -hmm. So we we cut back to the veil. Now Blades is just pulling these boulders out to a a freighter that is mysteriously out there. And uh, there's a... a, Heatwave has a bit of a mishap. A rock falls onto Boulder, and it breaks his phone. So now he's he's, he's free, free of the zombification, and he goes to help Cody, and so he he pulls a bluff where Cody is just at uh, he's at the he's at, I guess the the docks and you know in in a big crate maze, and Boulder's all I've been dispatched to help, please go that way. Well, he's covering for Cody, but Frankie, unfortunately, despite being a zombie, retains her uh, her suspicious nature and figures out what the deal is. Because the two are yeah. kind of, you know, they go to the veil and they're going to, you know, free everybody from the zombification. They figured out it's the phones, but they are waiting for them. Yes. It's the 5G. It's, <laughs> it's going to hypnotize you. <laughs> and somebody has a line here about uh, where this is, I just don't understand how phones can hypnotize people. And thankfully, under a lesser writer, this would definitely be the setup for a joke about millennials. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually personally in my heart felt that this was a joke about Twitter or possibly Facebook, depending on one's inclinations. Thank you for not making that more explicit, Margaret Scott. Yes, mine is definitely a I I definitely feel like that plot uh, that plot line in Runaways was was a millennials thing <laughs> because they're all teenagers. Yes. And so Staring now at their phones are, all the time and not paying attention to me, an adult who demands attention from people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely good and healthy way to interact with the society. And and so now, uh, luckily, we're almost at the end of the episode, so they realize they're also very close to the cell tower for the town. <gasps> Take Which- out the 5G! Is so, this, so there is, is this island small enough that it only has a single cell tower? I guess only I one mean, that's that close to everybody. So at least they could knock it out and everybody would be hmm. fine until they got into range of another tower. Well, yeah, I guess the, the, the tower is probably enough to cover have coverage of the city at least. Well, yes, and I think we, we later do find that the phones uh, need to have stronger signals. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. So yeah, there's a race to this, and somehow Boulder uh, gets there, despite uh, being a bulldozer, and thus the slowest vehicle of any of these. Oh. I mean, he doesn't get there first, but he just, you know, uh, yells Leroy Jenkins and slams into this thing. Yes, he just wrecks the nest. You'd and so, think yeah, that everybody... would be Blades, what with his newfound gaming knowledge. Yes. So he, uh, yeah, he, he knocks this thing down. And everybody awakens, and nobody remembers anything that they've done. Yeah, which is good, but I mean, I guess that's less creepy than them all being aware of it but not able to do anything about it. And then having to 
have feelings about it. That yeah, the uh, the WandaVision version of that would be much more upsetting. Like it's yes. upsetting enough already without then having to deal with people being trapped inside of actions they cannot control. Yes. That is even more upsetting. And of course, it also means that uh, Blades doesn't know where that boat is. <gasps> which means that somebody just made off with a bunch of gold. Uh-oh. I wonder who it could have been. Yeah, so everybody, you know, we're all showing up to Blossom Vale to fix this place up, and I, hopefully it'll be good as new. All the townspeople are there with new trees and everything because everybody loved the yep. park. I love a good park that everyone loves. Yes. And then, hey, cut to a limo that indeed contains the Pinch family. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those cell phones is in there, and uh, Madeline's like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're going to have to recall these. Signal's not strong enough. Mm-hmm. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Evil. Surprise, I'm secretly evil. Yay, we have a new evil villain. And it's a rich lady and not just some weird steampunk cosplayer, possibly immortal guy. Yeah, she's she this really seems more detestable than his uh, you know, cartoonish supervillainy. Yeah. Yeah, this is more like personal. I mean, I mean it's it's kind of more, you know, this is I mean, I'm not going to say realistic, because she's hypnotizing people with cell phones, but, you know, she yes. isn't wearing a ridiculous steampunk costume and going around in a shark marine. No, she's... No, but but it's it's evil plan based upon real estate. Yes. It's like Lex Luthor in those uh, Gene Hackman movies. There. Property developers are evil. <laughs> I yes, agree. She is. And also, she, you know, totally gets away with it. Yeah, because nobody remembers. I guess that, too, is that would also be an inconvenient element if people remembered, because then it could be tracked to her, and then they would get rid of their one supervillain. Well, I guess yes. the other one came Two back. Two supervillains. So. And, yeah, and they do yes, have a second. There, there is indeed an episode where they team up. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, and she is going to she's going to be a recurring villain right up until almost the end of the show. Oh, wow! So I'm yeah, all this was for this... explaining to children that rich people are evil. Also, five G. Five G is evil. I, I guess I don't have five G, so I don't know. Well, I was at work but, uh, the other night. The cell tower near the building must have gone down because my signal went out, and I suggested jokingly to my co-worker that it was all the interference from all the people getting vaccinated. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is a really good episode. It's it's very eerie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it doesn't have as much peril as last episode, but it's more horrific paranoia. Oh, definitely. Start him young on the good horror. Yeah, it is definitely, like I said, I I do wonder if, you know, 10 years from now, there are going to be kids who remember it the way we remember some of the creepier episodes of of our old cartoons. Like, Mm. is this, is this okay? I'm not sure. Yeah, and I mean, I guess in this, uh, for people of my generation, that would be the, uh, uh, that one Batman two-parter with the robot people. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh man. So a great super guy creepy. named 
guy named Rossum, and who's voiced by the guy from Blade Runner, also Newhart. Yeah. Uh, just oh, such a good, so many references, just so many references. And, and all sorts of incredibly violent robot deaths. Yes, lots of very violent robots. Like in, in a way that you could never do with humans, like Robot Bullock gets tossed into the bat signal and electrocuted? Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes. Like, when did robot <laughs> death become perfectly fine? Because the other day I saw a thing on Twitter about, like, Osama Tezuka complaining about American companies trying to license Astro Boy, where Robot Boy was killing other robots. I was like, oh, that's too violent. It's like, yeah, whatever, Americans, you murdered people in South Pacific or some shit, was his comment. But, like, when did killing robots become fun? I mean, yeah. And then, of course, there's that, uh, there's that follow-up I mean, episode where there's that robot Batman that just has, like, a, a total identity crisis. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Written by, uh, Bob Skur and Marty Eisenberg. Oh, hey. I mean, Gosh, was it with G.I. Joe? Because G.I. Joe was really where you started, where you first got... It's the earliest one I can think of that just had generic robots for the sake of killing them with the bats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the Ninja Turtles cartoon version of the Foot Clan no, is, no. is a big go-to. He-Man. Did He-Man, He-Man have... had the, the... Is he smashing up robots? Hordak robots. Oh, that's yeah. right, yes. You would blow them up. Although that so, was I mean, later season. Well, probably they were season. trying to license Astro Boy in like the seventies or something, and well, being or the sixties or whatever. What, big, what was that? Sixties yeah, being big Very hippies about it. Still, I blame Reagan for a lot of things. <laughs> uh, yes, unjokingly yeah, we, for a lot of things. Thank you for all the horrible, wonderful cartoons with violence to sell toys of our childhood, but it also ruined cartoons. <sighs> So, uh, yes, thank you, uh, or sorry, Blue. Um, <laughs> no, not patrons. Don't, don't think you. the patrons. No. Next segment. <laughs> yeah, soon. So, uh, soon. So, yeah, great episode. Uh, thank you, Margaret Scott. Great episode. Yeah. Yes. There you go. And uh, so uh, I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes. This week on Gosei Sentai, Die Ranger, Break Through the Wind. Wait, what? Breaking Wind? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, at the end of the last episode, the Pink Ranger had a daydream and was teleported to ancient China, not ancient China, although it looked like ancient China, because it's just a desert with a big Buddha statue in the background and some standing stones. And apparently, um, you can get to China in a Jeep, because the other rangers are just in a Jeep driving through the desert to find her. <laughs> like... No mention of a plane trip or a boat ride. We're just in China driving a jeep. They they did a really sick jump over the uh, over the China <laughs> or the China Sea. Yeah. Uh, Japanese. What was that? Sea? Um, anyway, the, like in the Transformers G One stuff, where we they would just drive to Africa from yeah. Oregon. Anyway, the Pink Ranger is wandering the desert, finds a rock quarry, gets into a fight with uh, the purple lipstick monster of the week who's still here. <laughs> There's some of that. She sees film negative versions of the, the Thunder Zords that have yet to show up. <gasps> Spoilers. Uh, she gets into a cave which, hey, has been used in lots of other Sentai. It's very familiar and I have no idea where it is. It's just one of those, hey, I know that place from other episodes of other series. 
<laughs> and inside, the dragon zord is taking a nap with his balls. The the, the <laughs> five uh, what is it? Lily balls that they're looking for to increase their chi power because it's hard for them to keep the giant dragon zord robot under control without the ball his balls. <laughs> anyway. Uh, villains show up and cause an earthquake or something. The other rangers get there, so they, they somehow get knocked out of the underground where the balls are, and it caves in, and then they have to have a fight outside. And, and it's the, the pink ranger versus the monster again. And, and But but the, the pink ranger really wants those balls, so she, thanks to the power of a light breeze reminding her, oh wait, I have wind powers... She blows away the demonic chorus that was singing again and causing everyone headaches. And then the wind also hits the, the cave in and, and it blows rocks out. Oh, and then the balls come flying out and they get their zords. Nice. Which, which come with a long sequence showing off the zords. Here's this ranger summoning his. Here's that ranger. Yay. Here's all the robots just moving along in their little limited animation because the dragon zord is the only one that really does anything. Then bobs his head. Although, well, the, the phoenix bird one does flap its wings, but that's not as impressive as the dragon zord's undulating, which is cool. <laughs> anyway, the rangers get their balls. They get their zords. Um, and then they use their powers, which are just up versions of their own. Oh, the, the one Kieran controls gravity, and and then the, the big lion controls illusions and summons a giant version of one of the three May leader baddies, who runs, slaps the lipstick monster, who's now giant again, of course, because giant monster in episode, not every episode, but we're getting more of that. And then the, the, the illusion of the main bad guy just sort of smacks his butt and says, kiss my ass. <laughs> I Cut to a reaction shot of the three bad guys lined up watching this happen. And then the bad guy whose illusion just taunted their giant monster just turns to the other guys and points at himself and is like, what's going on? <laughs> He's just confused. It's, it's a weird shot, but I liked it. Anyway, they got their four heavenly beasts. They formed together to a giant chariot for the red dragon zord to ride on and kick the monster's ass. End of the episode. So this one's more of a standard episode in a weird way, although they're in China for all of it, which is bizarre. They just, they drove a jeep there. I find that weird. You know, like, as you do. It just, just took a ferry. Shot of them in a jeep. Maybe they rented the Jeep. Maybe they flew there and they rented the Jeep. Could be. It's, it's just the, the way that, like, the Pink Ranger just booped out at the end of the last episode and booped into China. It feels like it's right after that and they're already there in a Jeep. <laughs> anyway, fun episode. Lots of running and fighting. Yay! Any, uh, any Red Dragon, though? Oh, yeah, the, the Red Dragon was... Well, first he was taking a nap in the cave, and then, then he was fighting the lipstick monster at the end. Okay, good. That's what's important. We haven't had the combined Zord yet. That's probably next episode. But oh, this is episode wow. six, and we finally got all the Zords. That's pretty good. You gotta build up slow. I, I like the slow building up of things. I, I It annoys me when, oh, we got all the Zords in the first episode. It's like, eh, that, that feels too easy. 
you're rushing the plot where you can, you can drag it out and make the characters more interesting and, and break the formula like this show has been doing. <laughs> yes. All right. So I believe that now brings us to the end. Uh, that is it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Rescue Bots. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where also you can find where David and I have been back to uh, doing the news podcast every couple weeks, uh, where we just talk about... Not our regular schedule yet, but... We're working on it. We are working on the schedule. More than monthly. Yes. Uh, But we are on patreon.com slash iacon underground for our monthly specials for as little as a dollar a month you can listen in on our monthly specials where we do fun stuff uh we pick something for the month uh sometimes it's a new movie when there's new movies uh when there's not or when new movies are expensive and or inaccessible uh we do interesting cartoon stuff uh we do random episodes of old 80s stuff we do random episodes of newer stuff we do things that are adjacent to whatever the big talked about thing is uh for May, we have not sorted out what we're doing yet. Uh, oh man, is there, I guess the Loki show comes out in June. I was, yes. we should do that, uh, that, uh, cart- that animated movie they did with like Thor and Loki are teenagers. Oh yeah. Tales yeah. of Asgard. Yeah, I've never mm. seen that one. Uh, is it, if is you it on really, uh, Disney or whatever? It's probably on Disney+. Plus. If Hopefully. you really we'll want to hear that. me have a nice big rant about Marvel Odin stories in which he loses his eye doing something other than sacrificing it for knowledge at Mimir's well. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we don't want to do that. We will come up with something. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So until next time, when uh, when we find ourselves uh, in a watching a delightfully uh, Huxley Prescott heavy episode, <gasps> oh, I'm looking forward to it. It's Prescott's bots. Ooh. Oh yeah. Gets his own uh, robots. The, the the robot the, the the rescue bots get recruited into Huxley Prescott's reality show. Oh no. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. So until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I don't want to get press ganged into a robot army. I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>